Welcome to the healing art of being you. Today we sit down with another beautiful wonder worker and medical movement maven, Lisa Massey. Lisa warmly and compassionately focuses her work into healing her clients as a whole person, a conglomerate of heart, soul, body, and mind, rather than the standard Western approach that often focuses too much on the diagnosis rather than truly seeing the entire human. Through her message of lightheartedness and peace, she shares with us some ways that we can set healthy boundaries around our needs while keeping play alive in our lives, both as parents and as people on this earth, saying yes to life and claiming the joy that was divinely set aside for us. Stay a while and learn about how you can confidently connect with your loved ones and sink down deep into every magical moment in your life. We are so glad you're here. Let's get started. All right, guys. Well, welcome. Welcome to the Healing Art of Being You podcast. Today, we are so grateful and so excited to have our dear friend Lisa Massey here with us. She is a physical therapist and a movement maiden, medical movement maiden. Is that what we uh-huh. are super yeah, doing? Medical movement maiden. Yes, it's my favorite thing. Yes, I love medical movement. <laughs> yes. And so she's here to really uh, give us a deep dive into play and how we are missing that in so many aspects of our life and how she's been able to create this movement within her life and her business really fostering that environment for others. Yay, so excited. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. We're super jazzed. So, because I have like, just in the couple minutes that we've chatted, I already am like, ooh, ask her about this, ask her about this, ask her about this. But first, do you mind sharing a little bit about your your background, how you got started, how you kind of progressed? Because you've been through a couple different careers here, you know, mm-hmm. like you, you could have made a pit stop at a single one and made that your whole career. And yeah. you kind of were like, that's not really... This is a nice pit stop, but I'm kind of moving into something else. Do you mind just kind of sharing with us kind of that journey for you and what kind of made you hop from one, not hop, but move from one mm-hmm. to the next to the next? Evolve. Sure. Yeah. Thank How did evolve. I evolve with motion? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's yes. My, my company yes. name. So, um, yeah, I, I was an athlete growing up and so I played three sports, um, in high school and, uh, went to my undergrad at division three. Um, school for volleyball, but I really chose it because I wanted to be an athletic trainer. Um, and so after my first year, shockingly, my, <laughs> my grades weren't doing so great. So I had to choose kind of between if I'm going to continue with sports or if I'm actually going to focus on my passion of athletic training. And so I decided to focus on my passion of athletic training um, and really was really fortunate to work with college and high school athletes as a student, um, and then graduated, became um, a certified athletic trainer, and went on to become a graduate assistant. Uh, worked for um, a university in North Carolina, and um, worked with the baseball team, cross country team. So that was a whole different experience, like being the head, um, you know, of those teams. Um, yeah, I worked as an athletic trainer for about I don't know five years or so. And I went back during this time, I had been a physical therapy technician since I was 17. So always kind of like had these jobs of just being an outpatient um, PT. So I finally decided I was kind of done with the athletic training hours, which were lots of nights and weekends. Eventually I wanted to have a family. So I applied to physical therapy school and was really fortunate and got into PT school. After the first nine months, I became pregnant with my daughter um, and became a first-time mom (laughs) during PT school. And I was really fortunate because she was delicious. I had her um, during my first clinical rotation, meaning we had like that eight weeks off. So thank goodness she was like due right at that time. So I had eight weeks off with her. And I remember right before she was born, I was going to get like really ahead on neuroanatomy and I was going to get ahead on pediatric care. And I was going to just like do all of these things. I was going to get ahead on everything. I was going to clean the house because, mm-hmm. you know, babies just eat and sleep and go to the bathroom, like change a diaper. They cry sometimes. Well, <laughs> she had a little hands for me. <laughs> and um, 
she she had like lots of other plans for me so she made me learn how to sit down and try to learn how to breastfeed <laughs> and it was super super challenging but because of that experience during my last two-thirds of PT school I was able to really focus on women's health um physical therapy so it's kind of where like that led me and um I just, I absolutely loved it. I loved everything that I learned when I went to women's health classes uh, because it was so much less diagnosis focused and it was so much more whole body, whole, whole human focused rather than you are simply this diagnosis. You are this shoulder pain, you are this back pain, you are this pelvic floor pain. Yes, did we talk about that? Sure, because you need to understand some of it but it was just such a more holistic view of things so yeah so I worked in outpatient ortho now for I did that for about 12 years and then I was my sister-in-law was a CrossFit coach and she reached out to me because her um, some of the people in her gym were interested in trigger point dry needling and I took a moment to think about what that meant um, for me to do kind of as a side hustle. Um, and so I, I said, sure, I'll be interested in doing that. And I, um, had these amazing people sign up for me and like to be treated and like, listen. And then when I got there, I found out that most people didn't care that I dry needled at all. Like they just wanted someone to listen to them and not be judged for what they did and wanted somebody not to say you can't do this anymore and you have to stop doing this. So I only planned on kind of doing this side thing for a while. And then I just saw so many people were just struggling, like that weren't being heard. And that kept being told they had to stop everything they're doing. And again, my background never told me that my background told me, no, you can still get in go do your thing. Yeah. You have to heal. You can't do certain things of that sport, but you can still do some of the things of that sport while you heal. Um, so, um, I, <laughs> that point had taken CSM in February, 2020 was online. And then I heard our coach, we may know, <laughs> and I heard her talk. I didn't even know what coaching was. I had no idea what it was. Um, and she was promoting business coaching. And I was like, well, I have this kind of side hustle. I'd like to learn more about it. And then <laughs> I learned way more about business and how it is really a deep dive into your vision, that vision right behind your eyes. Um, and that really that universe is leading you to this place to heal and help people, not heal people, just to really help people, guide people along their path. And I think having that reach out um, was such a huge first step for me because I could just see people in just a different way. And then I could step back and just see how I was so burnt out, even though every single day I would go into work with a smile on my face and happy and so grateful I was there. I loved, I loved, I've always loved what I did. I actually always loved being around the people I was with too. Um, but it was so much, it wasn't treating the way that I learned how to treat and help people the way I know how to help them the best. And it's by helping the person in front of me and not helping that diagnosis. Um, so yeah, so then I decided I quit my job. I took a few months off to figure out what I was going to do. And, um, I opened my business called evolving with motion, physical therapy and wellness. And nice. over these last 18 months, I've been just figuring it out kind of day by day and really learn leaning into play and like how I can help women, busy, hardworking women find play back in their life because, and, and be active again, because I know after injury and illness, it's really scary to get back out there. And when we go to traditional, um, sometimes doing just traditional movements, which are really, really important to get strength back in that specific area of your body. Um, but we sometimes, we don't have time really in, in the traditional physical therapy world to like, make sure that we're doing 
the things that actually we want to be doing because we have to stay really laser focused on strengthening that um, joint, that those muscles, whatever. Um, so I just like giving people a, a different option to receive um, physical therapy in a different way. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for listening. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So as a busy mom, you know, I've got three mm -hmm. kiddos and they're all in a bunch of activities and own my own business and, you know, husband and house and this and that. Like I can definitely like have seen myself as one of your patients where it's like, you know, I'm in pain. And with the second you're sitting here talking to me like, I would love to give you an opportunity to play with your kids more, blah, blah. I'd be like, I do not have the energy for that. Like what like are you kidding me like my husband he'll play with the kids they'll play with each other like i just want to be by myself i mm -hmm. want to go to the bathroom without somebody knocking on the door i would love to just sit here and read a book for seven seconds like Ooh. i will you know so mm -hmm. when you have the moms that come in with some of that where they're just like deer in headlights and kind of go shifting into like oh no not another thing a right. thing for me to do how do you kind of like coach them through into finding that joy with their children versus seeing obligation of like, I know I should play mm -hmm. with them, but I, I'm in pain. I'm exhausted. I have too many things to do. How do you kind of help them find their way back into that joy of parenting? Oh, I love that. Well, I would say I, I really focus on them becoming active again and starting with what activity would bring them happiness just for themselves, not for anybody else, but truly just for their own body. What is something that would be fun for them to do first on their own? Um, because I think kids don't really care. <laughs> They'll just want to be around you. So as long as you're doing something that's active, I think your kids would, I mean, for the most part, like they just want to be playing with you. And if it's something, if it's literally going for a walk mm -hmm. can we go for a walk together, um, is that something you would want to do? Do you want to sit down and read a book outside together? That's also playful and very interactive. Um, but it's not, it's really about less is more for me. So it's really about first about the boundaries, you know, what boundaries are we putting on? Are we asking our children, and our kids or anybody, our husbands, everybody to say, Hey, I need literally five minutes. Can we put on a timer? And if five minutes isn't a possibility, is it 10 seconds instead of seven seconds? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but always it's kind of starting with the boundaries first and saying no to something, saying no first, no, before you say yes or hold on. Um, because I do see a lot of busy moms just say yes a whole lot to things that aren't important. Um, and they need, they feel like they need so much more space, um, to heal, which is why it feels, I also felt like when I'd walk into the house after a busy day of work and my children would hug me, like the tingles would run up my spine. Um, and my pain in my back and my hip were just like off the charts and I was the same way. And all I wanted to be like do was like be left alone. Mm -hmm. I didn't want any of that. I didn't want like they wanted a warm hug from their mom. Nope. They got a cold hug from the ice queen. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> because I was just the pain and like I had tons of fun at work, you know, doing all the things, being around all the people. And then I come home, I was just totally exhausted. Um so for me, I know it just started with being in the car before anybody knew I was home and just taking three deep breaths before I walked in and really starting to recognize I had these things called emotions. <laughs> ah, who are they? I know. I didn't like to. I like to push them down and just keep pushing through. But really, really, truly like taking a breath before you walk in and then greeting them and then just being honest of this is what I need right now. And, you know, I don't know, every family is so different, you know, what their children will allow them to do or not do. Um, but we all need to have our time and what's the activity that we're trying to work towards.
sports first. And you, sometimes, you know, when people come in the office, they just want to lay down. They literally just need to lay down and talk about all of it. And then just talking about it feels better. Releases that sense. energy. Yeah. Yeah. Gets it out. And then we can make a plan from there. We can just talk about it and then just start to remove the barriers that are getting in the way, which is usually that they're just doing way too much. Yeah. 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 And I, it's, I love that you talked about the fact of like, yeah, when I get home, like, cause I was the same way. It was just like, could I've touched enough people today? Could you just not for five seconds? Like, you know, it, you know, throwing footballs back and forth in the house. And then, you know, my daughter's like, mommy. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, ah, you know, it's like overstimulation. And then it's that immediate guilt, that immediate guilt of like, how would you feel if something happened to your child and you didn't get that mommy? Or how are you going to feel when she's a teenager and barely looks up at you when you walk into the room? Like all of that, like you're missing everything. You're going to miss these moments. Mm. You're going to you're gonna hate yourself for this. And then you try to like muster through and it just is a bad situation for everybody. So like I did start adopting that like I just sit in the car and I just like take those deep breaths and like even my kids now like when we pull into the into the garage even with everybody in the car the you know it's like hey get all your stuff out of the car take your shoes off wash your hands I'll be in in a minute and they'll even say oh do you need a few minutes I'm like I just need a few minutes and like and they just kind of respect that because then it's like they know that like oh it's not that you don't want to be around us it's that you're overstimulated you know there's too many things going on you know Mm -hmm. and so or like if there's a lot of chaos going on in the house you know like i think everybody can get overstimulated but i have noticed it has been significantly worse since i've had my concussions in adulthood and Mm -hmm. it's just like the music will be on because one kid wants to listen to hamilton but the other kid wants to be playing video games and the other one wants to watch paw patrol and and then it's like well mommy well mommy well mommy and then ryan's Mm -hmm. trying to be like well and then this happened at work and I'm, i'm just like Ah, and I just like I literally like hands to my ears, close my eyes, and I just like turtle You're for like, a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And so like everyone's just kind of like back away for a second. We went too yeah. far, you know. And then it's just like sometimes I'll go and shut myself in the pantry, and I'll oh. give myself my like three slow deep breaths. Ooh. And then I come back out, and everyone's like, "Is it okay?" And I'm like, "Yep, I'm okay. What do you need? Like, let's just do one at a time here, you know." And yeah. we can kind of. But at first. It was like nobody could get it. Like I would, I would do that because it was a defense mechanism. And then like the kids would like, wait, mommy, and they would start like poking me. Like I, you must not be able to hear what I'm trying to say to you, and I need you right now, you know. And it was like, okay, I need to verbalize that this is a boundary. I have, I have gone beyond a hundred percent. There is nothing else for me to give you right now. So, just hearing somebody else say like it's completely okay for you to tell your children like. I love you, but I can love you way better in five minutes, you know? Yeah, exactly. And then that's what I see for so many, including myself, is that I had, I literally, when we started this, like the program for my business, and I remember thinking, I don't want a boundary with my kids. I love being spontaneous. I love all the spontaneity. I just love that freedom of just whatever, going with the wind, right? And then over time, so like a boundary setting with my children was not a natural thing and something I resisted for quite a long time. And so I had to start working on boundaries and things that were a lot less vulnerable for me to start with. You know, like I had this idea that I was going to start my business so I could do PTA for my daughter's school. And then (laughs) I pushed through that a little bit. And I was like, you know what? I need to just say no to this. This is not in my wheelhouse. Like, this is not my values. This is not something I stand for. Um, And there are parents that are really good at that. It's just not something that I'm doing. And I'm taking all this time now away from my kids. Like that wasn't the point. So I had to start with like kind of those easier boundaries to be like, okay, this is where I can start. And then just learning literally how to say no to things and in a way that felt really honoring and that wasn't sassy. And that was just nice. And like, no, thank you. Not right now. I don't have, I don't have time and space for that. Um, and then it naturally, I was able to then, um, have those, those, um, very vulnerable or organic conversations with my kids of like, I said no to this today. Okay. So like, yes. they could hear that. 
no to things <laughs> and that mm -hmm. when I had to start kind of saying no to them as well, or not even no, but just like, not right now, let's mm -hmm. do it and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. and yeah. just I give a lot of like, um, cause like, I feel like kids here maybe as yes, maybe Correct. equals yes. And I'm like, so I, I do a lot of, I'm not prepared to give you an answer on that. Mm -hmm. Like I, that. I can't. I can't say yes, I can't say no, but I, I genuinely don't have the mental capacity right now. I don't have the energy to go through the decision-making process to give you a solid answer. So yeah. we just end it with, I'm not prepared to give you an answer on that. Let's check I really like tomorrow. that one. Yeah, I'm not yeah. prepared to give you an answer. And that's, I have to set a boundary like first a lot with my, with my son that way too, of like, I don't have all the information. I don't know right mm -hmm. now. I say a lot mm -hmm. of, I don't know now <laughs> instead yeah. of, I try, you know, and I try to make that reframe of maybe to, I don't know. Cause yeah, it does disappoint him as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if I was like, well, you said maybe, and that, yeah, I would agree. My kids also think maybe is yes. So just starting yeah. to get ports around there. Um, and then when you start to, when I started personally to get more boundaries in my life, I had a ton more energy to do things like go out and shoot a basketball or throw a ball or just take a walk with them mm -hmm. um, and just connect on a deeper level, which was not have any electronics that took them away from screens and took them away from being inside and got, you know, more sunshine and um, or wind or rain or whatever was outside mm -hmm. um, to connect yeah. with. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. So since you brought up screens, I mm -hmm. would love your input on this because I am super anti-screen for my kids. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, I recognize that they are going to have access to screens pretty much everywhere. Yeah. And so I'm on the side of like every single time we take the screens away, they sleep better. They're kinder to each other. They're better at problem solving. They're better at their with their patients. They are more creative. They play outside more. They make up games in the house. They play charades. They're more artistic. Literally everything that is like, and I'll ask them, how does your brain feel now that we took away screens? And it's like they hate it for the first three days. And then they're like, oh, my gosh, I feel so much better. It's like a haze has lifted. They love it. Right. My husband on the other side which I appreciate because he was pretty well limited in screens as well. But then the second he had access to screens, it was an uncontrolled situation, you know, and it, or he would maintain friendships, quote friendships with kids who had unfettered access to screens just so he could play, even though he didn't really like the kid or he knew that they weren't really a good kid for him to kind of hang out with. Like it wasn't a good, a good relationship there. Mm -hmm. But he keep that up because he wanted to have access to the screens. And he, you know, tells me, he was like, you know, I don't think that we should be eliminating them. I think mm -hmm. that we should set stronger boundaries around them, but I don't think we mm -hmm. should eliminate them. So I mm -hmm. find myself kind of being like, I think it's probably easier for me to do all or nothing. Like you have none yeah. of the screens. Right. Um, than it would be for us to manage it better. Um, but what do you find with like within your family or within mm -hmm. kids that you work with and things like that? Yeah, for um, for my personal family, my um, screens are just I don't like them like at all. <laughs> and and similar to your husband, I do think there has to be some type of moderation because they do have to learn a little bit about um how to have some self-control over it um but yeah they're way kinder they are way more patient they're more creative um and they're just more like spontaneous and can have like they can just have a different type of fun and play uh, so i think it's really really um important to get to get away <laughs> get away from screens um but yeah i think uh in general, like having, yes, a boundary, but yes, it's one more thing for a parent to manage. And it's just, it's really frustrating. And so I've honestly, I've given it to my husband. I'm like, this is for you to manage. Like, this is not for me to manage because I don't really want them on screens. So mm -hmm. like, if you're okay with it, then this is kind of, this is kind of your thing that you're going to have to manage. And I'm not because I want nothing to do with it. <laughs> no. And I, I mean, I literally, the kids, yeah. they'll be so funny and like, um, we have a, a hand-me-down big screen TV from his parents in our family room. Mm -hmm. And we basically make it a rule, like, we are not going to do anything to make our family room look nice until our children are grown enough to not be playing basketball or football or hockey mm -hmm. in our family room. Yeah. Um, we have, like, a we have like a Nerf gun rack 
mm-hmm. with like all of the guns and like all of the hockey sticks are like hung up. And that was like my my postpartum project that I did when I was like home. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it is not like a an inviting guests over type of a family room. It is definitely oh. a well-lived-in play family room. I love that. But every time that they're doing stuff or like the hockey stick goes flying or the ball hits the TV and, and Ryan's like, hey, don't hit the TV. And I'm just kind of sitting there like, I'm kind of okay with it if they break this thing. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm, I'm really good. Like, I would be perfectly fine if like we kept a TV like, you know, in the corner in the yeah. office that we like brought out and plugged in for movie night on Friday nights and then right. didn't use it the rest of the week. Like, I'm cool with that. And, I'm, yeah. and I keep telling the kids, I'm like, hey, you guys keep acting like that. That's fine. I'll get rid of all the screens in the house. And they're like what about the tv in your bedroom i'm like that would be the first thing to go Mm -hmm. i don't want it there anyway you know and so ryan's like guys guys stop talking don't don't push her (laughs) and like i think i see so many moms like that right who are busy and tired and fatigued i'm like that's usually the first that i'm like you know Mm -hmm. that tv in the bedroom like needs to go and like what you're listening to at night needs to like really be something that is important to you and like turn off the news like just turn it off yeah. like can you change the news like mm-hmm. i mean where i live between dc and baltimore there are people that can change some of the news um but it's not but not really like not overnight <laughs> they're not going to overnight yeah. gonna right. change it um so but it, it really has no value right now and like that's what i hear from so many even like even women. And I'm just like, just stop listening to it. Literally put on sound and just mm-hmm. safe music, music that feel, makes you feel so safe and makes you light mm-hmm. up, but you can sleep because we're just such a sleep deprived mm-hmm. um, culture. Mm-hmm. Like our culture is just really sleep deprived. And, um, and that's, I think my biggest thing with screen, but it's really important because like we can connect. And I think there's a beautiful part about about screens and just limiting it and and the intention behind using it what is the intention is the intention to numb yourself is it to learn gain access because there's actually really great programs on tv too that can teach you a lot of like awesome things that i would never know um so it's really i think for all of that um again especially with like the busy moms i work with it's like getting the appropriate sleep and what is keeping you up at night Mm -hmm. are you listening to the things that are just not important to you right now that yeah that your healing heart right like that you're really open loving nurturing heart like it's really hard to listen to all of that stuff and you actually don't have to listen to it especially before you go to bed right you know, well i would say like, like, <laughs> that's like another yeah. first boundary yeah. what are you listening to and when and i'll just tell like on my own personal journey I listen to news every morning. I got in the car and I listen to news every morning. Why? I don't know. I literally could do nothing about it. I was not changing anything about it, but I listen to news every single morning. Mm-hmm. And just get so work. fired up about it. About what? I don't know. I can't <laughs> change it. I'm not, I'm not changing that. <laughs> I'm not changing anything. And once I started changing, that was like my first, actually probably my second. My first was taking a breath was breathing. My number two was actually listening to something on the radio that was fun and joyful and that I could, that I could chair dance in, in the mm-hmm. morning and on the way home. <laughs> I love dance. it. Cause that was really important. Right. And like, yeah. So yeah, I think that was a really big boundary too. So thank you for <laughs> getting us there. But I, I think it's just what we're consuming in all of our senses whatever we're taking in all the time is just it can be super super overwhelming Um, and we don't always have the luxury to have the space to not have sound Mm -hmm. but we can start working on it right like when your kids are toddlers it's not always easy to communicate that mom needs time right now but if you start if you just start making those little baby steps and asking for that space they'll learn you know, they learn you're a way much nicer human. <laughs> they do. They do. My son even says that now. Like, so when I started, when I started working with Julie, I was a very different person. And it was like a couple, maybe like a year or so into working with her. Um, and we just had this disaster of a day. And I had like learned a lot of boundaries. And I've learned a lot of like I had, because of my boundaries, I was able to take time for myself to basically just like bring the energy down and be more chill so that I could handle the problem solving that my day required. 
without feeling so insanely overwhelmed. And we just had this this disaster of a day where it was like the car was, you know, the car battery was dead. And then we went to go borrow my in-laws car around the corner and their car battery was dead. And we went to go jump it, but we didn't have jumper cables. And so luckily a neighbor was like home and they were able to let us borrow them. And it was like one thing after another, after another, we had to, we we're supposed to get our dog to the vet and we missed the vet appointment because we couldn't get anywhere and all these things. And as we finally got everything situated, cars are working, jumper cables are back where they belong. Emma had gotten to the vet and my oldest was like, oh, you, he's like, you handled that a lot better than I expected you to. And I'm like, you're old enough to have expectations on how I handle things. That's scary. Um, (laughs) I was like, well, you know, we got really lucky that we had a car we could borrow. We got really lucky that even though we didn't have jumper cables, our neighbors did and that they were home and let us borrow them. We were lucky that the the vet was able to get us in later and they were understanding of our situation. We just, you know, we just really got pretty lucky today. He goes, yeah, but something like this, you you would have been screaming about this before. Mm -hmm. He was like, you, you handled this a lot better. And I was like, thank you and it was like that moment where i was like okay there is far-reaching effect of like Mm -hmm. it may it may make them sad in the moment if i say i need a minute but that minute allows me to have the space to take a breath and to handle the situation that i can then take it into these compounded situations and still not feel insanely overwhelmed because just because my son exists in the car next to me does not mean that it is his fault that this happened. But I would have been yelling and he would have been receiving all of that anger and frustration about the situation. And so now it just kind of provides that clarity of like, okay, this is a crappy situation. It's nobody Mm -hmm. here's fault that this happened and we can go ahead and move forward. So just to any, any overwhelmed parents out there, learn yeah. to set boundaries as hard as it feels, learn to set the boundaries because it makes things way better. And back to your world, I'm sure it has a significant impact on people's pain management. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with the boundary, just meet yourself where you're at. You can't make a huge boundary right away. It's just not going to, it's not going to happen. But if you have that moment to check in of like, oh man, that is like, that's exactly when my neck hurts. That's exactly when my hip hurts. That's exactly when I feel my pelvic floor, you know, like, oh, okay. And then they can really start to see how that stress like just amplifies, just amplifies the pain. And so it never has time to like calm down when we're constantly living in this spun up emotion. Even if we're, if we're doing all the things and we're meditating, we're breathing, we're like journaling and we're reading all the self-help books if we're not taking action on them, if we're only gaining information and not setting it with any type of intention, um, it just takes a little bit, it takes a lot longer, (laughs) but like really dropping in and just being able to notice it and like, okay, what am I going to actually do about this and getting that accountability, right? Like reaching out then to your person who can, who like the professional in your life to say like, Oh man, I'm really spun up. <laughs> who can I, who can I really be super vulnerable with and reach out to that person? And then also celebrate like, yeah, I was really spun up. And then I chilled out mm-hmm. and look what I did. And like, you have to have that person to celebrate with too. Mm-hmm. And that's like super, super, I think probably the thing I love most about what I do is that accountability and that my clients are able to like text me like, yes, <laughs> this is what I did. Or uh-huh. like, dang, <laughs> I didn't, but that's okay, you know, and just have a comfortable person that they can talk to about that. Yeah. I think that's huge. I mean, I, I tell my patients all the time, like, if you don't have somebody who's like, like, this is the win this week, it's, you know, one tiny little thing. And when you do that, like, I want you to celebrate that with somebody. And if you don't have anybody, you have me. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what I'm here for is to celebrate with you. And mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. yeah, people, I think, underestimate, or I think there's the sense of like, I should be able to do it by myself. Like asking for help means weakness, and it's it like literally does. No. Yeah. That's what they yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I absolutely. Thought that. I don't know if anybody else here ever thought asking. Oh. That's me. Hello. Oh, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Actually, oh, I I want to say something that I think is beautiful with what you guys have both just articulated is that, like, in the moments of overwhelm you're taking a pause to allow yourself, your nervous system to become regulated again. 
and it might not feel great in the moment, but you're able to be a better parent and be a better you in the long run as a result. And that's modeling for your children the same behavior. So in the moments when they're overwhelmed, which is typically what then triggers your overwhelm, they get to learn by watching you and how you're handling it and how you're handling the overwhelm and how you give yourself that permission to create that boundary. And then you feel far better afterwards as a result. And so I wonder, Lisa, if you can give us any examples within your own work, how you've been able to see parents and children interact when things like this are coming up and the child is also triggered, whether that's overwhelm that's led to then an injury or an accident or, um, you know, a continued behavior that they're struggling with that's then triggering the parent. Like, how have you seen that within the work that you do and, and play being really the focus? It's really interesting. I think one of the first ones I remember was when I was working with um, this kid and she had this like pretty significant limp and um, she was like five years old and we're like, you know, we got, they got like all the studies done, right? And there was like nothing wrong, no joint problems, functional testing. She was normal. She just kept like limping on her right leg. And then we, um, and the mom would generally bring her in. And then over time, like we found out, she actually spent most of her time with her grandmother. And when the grandmother came in, we also noticed, oh, it's exactly how the grandmother walks is how this kid walks. And so like seeing that physical manifest, like how the child saw somebody walking was like really like, dang. So they're just seeing that, that modeling all the time. Like they're just seeing that all the time. And that's probably was probably the, one of the first times I really recognized the importance of the environment that you're in, right? Like that it really matters and that kids are picking up on everything. They're picking up on everything that you do. So if you are going to continue to, to um, discuss that you have mommy cannot play because I have a bad back. Mommy cannot play because I have a bad shoulder. First of all, you're like saying bad, right? And like now this is a joint that is bad. This is a body part that's bad. Um, we don't need to use that that language. It's just my shoulder hurts today. Okay, does it keep hurting? Like, what are you going to do about it? What are we teaching our children if we're not then receiving help? Like, how long do you want right. to go on telling your kids that I can't do maybe you just don't want to, right? Yeah. <laughs> maybe you just don't want to go right. on a roller coaster anymore. Totally fine. Like just say, I don't want to go on a roller coaster. Don't blame it on, I have a bad back or I have right. something. Just say like, I don't want to do that. It doesn't, it doesn't bring me any happiness. What I do want to do is sit here and read with you and I can do that. So it's about really being really honest and that's kind of direct, but it's really what we say is so important to our kids yeah. because they will, if they're hearing that too. And when people say to me all the time, oh, well, my, my dad had a bad back, so I'm going to have a bad back. Or my mom had a bad knee, so I'm going to have a bad knee. Mm -hmm. That's not, it's, it's not true. It's, it's false. Um, yes. That there's no, that's incredible. There's no like genetic linking between it. It does come down to what our diet is, what we're listening to, what our exercises at the end of the day. And generally those, those things are what our parents did. So yeah, it can seem like it is linked because usually our diet, our exercise, our, our lifestyle is very similar to what our parents was as well, unless you decide to see that and make a change. Um, so I don't know. I just, I just know what our kids yeah. grow up in. They learn. It's just what they're around most of the time. Absolutely. Um, it's really, it's really, truly fascinating when I saw that for the first time um, as a pretty new PT. And I was like, wow, it matters. Like what we mm -hmm. say matters, what we, how we model matters. I mean, you can listen to my voice and probably hear my mom's voice and it's very similar. You know, I, 
right? Probably mm-hmm. similar to mm-hmm. you probably sound oh, yeah. like your your parents um, because it's what we we grew up with. So really lo- using our language, and then also knowing that just because your parent had something, it doesn't mean that that's what you're going to have, you know. And really trying to yeah. um to remind them of that language that and like get rid of that that thought process early on um, so that they don't yeah. feel like they have to be, that they're going to be limited in life because their parent had this. So that's going to be, that's what they're right. going to have to do. But I do think it's so important for busy moms, even if they're not getting help for their pain right away to at least have a plan to say, okay, maybe it's not in the cards for this quarter or even second quarter or whatever, but like in the fall, that's when I can see that I'm going to have time to get some help and like, at least put yourself, give yourself permission. That's my P of play. Give yourself permission to put yourself on the list. You have permission um, to, to do that, to put yourself on the list and, and receive help and then listen mm-hmm. to what you want to do. Allow yourself to do it and then celebrate you. That's my play acronym. So you guys got that. <laughs> I love that. I love it. Permission, listen, allow and celebrate you. <laughs> and that's what play really is. It's all about that that you know that you gave yourself permission to put yourself on the list i think so many moms need to hear that they are actually allowed to receive help and they are deserving of help because we're allowed to do more than survive and say it's fine like actually life is way better than good and fine don't you think i I think so oh yeah yeah because what they're doing is freaking amazing you know what moms are doing is hands yes. down it's incredible it's incredible incredible it's incredible with the wrangling it's incredible what all of the stuff that stays on their head while they're still working and producing like fantastic quality things mm-hmm. and they have chaos at home it doesn't matter like because they can they're like it's all right we can roll we can roll with chaos and we can still get stuff done exactly Lisa, this is amazing because what I'm hearing right now is like, because I did have, I had remember having a patient like in my early career, and mm-hmm. it was a woman I was seeing for neck pain and her daughter came with her every time, maybe five, mm-hmm. six years old. And she was like, my neck hurts too. Mm-hmm. My neck hurts too. I need a hot pack for my neck too. And mom was like, your neck doesn't hurt. Stop acting like that, blah, blah. And she would start turning really stiff. Like each week I noticed that she would start turning really stiff or all that kind of stuff, like mimicking her mom's behaviors. And I was just like, holy cannoli. But what what you said here that is so interesting is that like, you know, moms are doing amazing things, but kids are watching. And you said that we deserve to be better than more than just, like we deserve more than just, I'm good, I'm fine, right? But it's like, as a mom, you sit here and you do visualize what your child might become in life, what their life might be like. And I'm telling you what, there's not a mom out there who's thinking their kid's life's going to be good or fine. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be incredible. Like they want all the world, their their child's going to cure cancer. They're going to be a professional Mm -hmm. athlete. They're going to be, you know, they're going to change global warming. They're going to change all these things, right? They're going to be, because their child is so incredible. And then, yet we're demonstrating a fine life, an okay life. How are they going to reach these incredible things we expect for them if we are not living an incredible life ourselves? Can you just drop that mic? Thank you. <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> that was so great. Exactly. They don't know what incredible can be if we're simply modeling fine and good every single yeah. day. And again, this doesn't have to be an overnight change. This takes literally baby steps to do and like it can happen. Um, and you know, like there are amazing people out there doing incredible things and they may look like they have their life together. They don't like, (laughs) but they chose, they chose to receive support, to know that what they're doing is always enough. It is absolutely enough. It is beautiful. The mess is magical and beautiful and fantastic. So well, I know I'm going to be way more cautious about how I – not cautious, but thoughtful about how I say things just because obviously they are picking up on it, you know? Like I know that my mom was telling me that um, 
as as Chelsea knows, I struggle with my son's dog. She's she's. I heard about your son's dog. Oh my god. I heard, I heard about this son's dog. Uh, I think when you're talking to Dean, and that was like, fantastic. I love this. That's- oh my gosh, she is needy, and she chews on underwear and socks and all these things. And so this week, she, um, Lucas, let his um, was it him? Yeah, left his bag open. And she chewed up one of his socks and I mm-hmm. for soccer. And I was so mad because it's part of his uniform, you know? Oh, and yeah. so yeah. Oh, I'm I'm mad about the situation, right? But what came out was, oh, my God, the stupid dog, you know? Like, yeah. I am so mad at this dog. She keeps chewing on this stuff. And I'm mad that Lucas left his bag downstairs. <laughs> and I'm mad that now I have to find a new piece of uniform. Like, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. And really what it was was I didn't say no enough that day. So I was already depleted on my energy. Mm. And then this thing happened where instead of like, okay, thank goodness it was just his socks. We can get a pair of red socks. Like we'll figure this out. It was like, so later my kiddos are at my parents' house and my mom is telling me that my daughter is saying how Emma is a bad dog. Well, I have a bad dog because she was playing with, my mom's dog, who is a good dog, and Emma is a bad dog. And my mom's like, well, she's still kind of a little bit, got a little puppy in her, you know, she's still learning. No, she's a bad dog. And she chews up my things and she scratches me because she still like jumps on people. And my mom's like, well, no, you know, she's still learning, you know, she's, she's getting a lot better. And Aria is like mm-hmm. adamant that this dog is a bad dog. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's on me. I've got some repair to do. Okay. Got a little bit of reparenting here to, to kind of figure this one out. Um, yeah. But they like, I, you know, I have never sat down with my daughter and been like, oh, Emma is a bad dog. Don't you think she's a bad dog? Like I have not coached her to think that that is all stuff that she has seen my response towards the dog. And, mm-hmm. is, and quite frankly, Emma is actually a fantastic dog. She yeah. is like the loveliest, most protective, and she only chews on things when she's anxious, which is on us for not like giving her what she needs. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> but it's she's amazing. like, you've done the work to know. Oh shoot, I just didn't say enough no's. Like I just didn't yeah. know, and that's the thing. I know as a mom, when I like I K N O W as a mom, um, like the word N O is so frustrating because I don't want to say it. I don't want to keep mm-hmm. saying no. I think I told you like like. I want to be fun and spontaneous and like creative and like allow all my feminine divine, like to come out and like, you know, paint with my children, whatever. But then it's it's exhausting and you have to clean it up and like, they're not going to clean it up. So who's going to clean it up? And then having all these perfectionist tendencies come out (laughs) when all you want to do is really say yes, but you have to say no again and again and again. And for me, I know it was about, boundaries with that word no Mm -hmm. because I was saying yes to way too many other things (laughs) Mm -hmm. which can sometimes be I mean you guys have a dog for a very specific reason a very good reason um, to have your puppy (laughs) and to have that loving dog who can help um, who's really supportive. She has been a lifesaver to all of the children yes yes yeah all of the children saving children's lives so important yes but sometimes we just say yes to so many of those other little things that are in our lives that do take up a lot of energy and space and make us think that darn dog. <laughs> I know, right? Because she can't fight back. She can't say anything back. She's just like, no. you know, right. like, <laughs> so yeah, it's a me thing. I'm working through it. Right, working absolutely. Through it with we, we all are. Yes, absolutely. But so many people, I don't think recognize that it, it is that, right? That it's like, oh, I'm just really resentful today because... I didn't say yeah. no enough. I didn't have yep. I didn't have strong enough boundaries with most people don't recognize that. Yeah. Most and people are okay. like, it's I the didn't. dog. It's the dog, yeah. And I definitely did recognize it. I mean I blamed yeah. the world out there. It wasn't always exactly. everything was a Lisa problem. <laughs> fixing the it's Lisa me. problems. <laughs> not fixing, not fixing at all. Because they're not they weren't broken. Um, once I started recognizing with intention that these are the things that I'm doing. And it's always a journey. It's a journey every single day. Um, <laughs> it's a journey every single day. And the more I've recognized that 
how I'm feeling. So like the things I started now, I've been pretty consistent with um, for almost two months is like my morning routine. And that has been like the lifesaver for me. I don't know if you guys do a morning routine or tell us mine is 20 minutes. Um, I'm so grateful for it because like, you know, when you hear a morning routine, sometimes they talk about like this an hour or two hour routine. I'm like, I don't have that. But the idea was to do a brain dump every morning, literally get out everything that's on your head. And it's not going to be everything because it's for me, it's only 20 minutes. <laughs> I do. I probably <laughs> like 10 minute, you know, right. But once probably around after about four weeks, like there was no more list. It was just writing about my day and it takes five, eight minutes. Um, and then I would do either um, just some deep, like a unguided meditation, just sitting with what I am, or I would do a little reading, um, just some self-realization reading. Uh, whatever book I had for some self-realization again, five, eight minutes. And then I do five, five or eight minutes of just like really gentle movements to get moving throughout the day. Um, and that 20 minutes of time, sometimes I get 30 minutes, even in the morning of, of like, you know, it's between seven and seven thirty. And again, my kids are 13 and 10. So they're in a much different spot where like they can pack their lunches and um, get themselves ready. And sometimes we do have to help, but they know when they hear mom's sound music, do not, <laughs> do not enter the <laughs> Like, because I'm so much more calm afterwards. I'm not hustling them out the door. Like we have to leave at eight o'clock, but I'm not like at seven fifty eight. do you have your shoes on? I'm like, they know where I'll be. I'll be in the car to drive them to school. <laughs> they know how to get there. <laughs> But it's been magical, like that morning routine ritual, just to get like myself centered for the day. And it helps my nervous system just whew, regulate yeah. and uh, know where I am. And then I can communicate like, this is where I am this morning. I don't know why I have anger on me. I don't know why I am sad, but it's here. So just letting you guys all know. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love we do that. that as well in our house too. Just kind of letting them know, like, you know, I'm feeling you know what guys like i'm feeling super irritable today none of you have done anything wrong i don't right. know why i feel this way but i'm feeling super irritable and i'm just going to need everybody to kind of handle whatever problems you can handle on your own and if you need me to help me if you need me to help problem solve then i'm here to help you problem solve but i'm not going to be helping problem solve fighting over the tv fighting over the tv means the tv is done the remote's in my pocket. So just putting that out there. If you just don't turn on the TV. Yeah. It'd be <laughs> best if that wasn't part of this right now. Um, but it was interesting because the other day my daughter was sitting there and she was just so upset. She was just crying, crying, crying. And, and it was like, it just felt like she was teed off a little easier than usual, you know? And I was like, I was tired. I didn't feel like dealing with it. But I was like, all right. She obviously... Like I heard somebody say, like, if, if we can't regulate our emotions, how do we expect our kids to, you know? So I was yes. like, okay, let's just like chill for a second. She clearly needs you. And I sat down. I'm like, what, what's going on? You seem sad. And she was like, you know, between sobs. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what's making you so sad right now? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, girl, do I know what that feels like? <laughs> we have all been there. I don't know why I'm sad sometimes either. <laughs> Your hormones are probably being weird right now. You're probably going through growth spurt. I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, do you want me to sit and hold you while you eat your dinner? She, yeah. Okay. So we just sat exactly. together and then she just calmed down. I'm like, all right, we're good. But I think when they can hear us verbalize, I I have an emotion that I have no idea where it's coming from and this is what I need right now then they feel more comfortable saying like oh this is a thing that is okay for me to say I'm needing support I'm feeling a little bit this way this is what I need you know and so hopefully as we start to change these patterns as adults and we can start showing these patterns to children then we can maybe have a generation of you know emotionally healthy human beings yeah. um and wouldn't the world be such a beautiful place in that right. point in time? who are then able to ask for help because mm -hmm. being a human experiences and emotions is just normal and it's a part of life and we yeah. don't know why who knows it can be because again we are going to be exposed to news and things that we don't want to be exposed to necessarily and even a conversation at the bus stop might make you feel uncomfortable for whatever reason because of your own history. Um, and learning that, oh, that is a triggering thing that makes me experience pain. Um, and how, how you can start to help heal yourself from within. But it really starts with starting to ask, I think, for help 
and that's the biggest that's the biggest thing you know um for people and i receive a lot of my people from you know other medical providers like 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 family doctors or even from mental health professionals so they're receiving already mental health um help with that which is really great and then we get to i get to be kind of like that movement that medical movement maven <laughs> in there to help them you know start moving them in the direction of fun and play in their life um again it doesn't have to be physical it can be totally non i mean it can be but it's physical in the terms of like you want to sit on the ground with your kids and read a book sometimes sitting on the ground doesn't feel good so it's important to like start doing movements that are going to keep you doing that so that if you're anything like me you can be spontaneous and like hey i want to go to this um what's that like yoga like ribbon ballet i don't know thing it's kind of fun right like there's like yes. this yoga aerial thing, yoga like, aerial uh -huh. yoga yeah it's like you want to go there cool like if you've been doing the movements if you've been doing movements and checking your body and like you can just go and have fun doing that or i mean that's a big thing right or you can go climb into a smaller tree and sit there and and be cool with that and just trust yourself and trust your body that you can do it mm -hmm. so working on that trust right aren't that what we're trying to do yeah <laughs> um, women trust themselves yeah and keep moving but we have to ask for help too it mm -hmm. just has to happen mm -hmm. yeah well, I will say this has been absolutely incredible, and I have loved your insights into how boundary setting can improve, stress management can improve your ability to actually get into things you, that you want to do so that you can enjoy your family more, get out and play. Like, it has been an incredible conversation. Um, before we let you go for the day, um, mm -hmm. because we could chat with you forever, mm -hmm. um, is there anything else, like if, what is one actionable step that you can give somebody who's like, that all sounds well and good, but it, I just don't know that I could do it. What's one thing that you would like send home with that, that patient the first day that like they can do today to start getting them moving in the right direction? Moving in the right direction. Give yourself permission to do the easy thing, whatever that is. That thing you're like, that's so easy. It can't help. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Do that right now. So whether it's taking a breath, whether it's doing very gentle neck rolls or shoulder rolls or hip mo or like hip rolls, do it. See how it makes you feel. It's that easy. It's that simple. We try to like overcomplicate life, but just do that. Give yourself that, that deep loving permission that you're allowed to do the simple thing. Mm -hmm. And that simple thing is going to likely help reduce some of that anxiety and overwhelm in your body. So keep it simple. That's perfect. Cause Chelsea and I talked about it like tons of times before, but it's so true that like, we don't think something is good enough unless it's hard. We don't deserve it unless it's hard. You know, I'm not going to earn feeling better unless I have a 30 minute home plan that I have to do. And yeah. it makes me sweat when I'm done, you know, or right. it hurts really bad. It's like, no, the simple thing. Mm -hmm. Start with a simple thing. Start with a simple thing. And then when you are like, okay, that simple thing was wonderful. And now I'm ready to like, I'm finally in that spot that like, oh, okay. I can probably walk a mile and a half, but my ankle really hurts then. Or my back is really sore and I can't quite make it. That's really when you need that more specific, mm -hmm. you know, medical movement that's going to help. You need that more specific plan for you, but you've at least started with the simple things. And sometimes those simple things will help you mm -hmm. move forward and they're beautiful mm -hmm. and just connect with yourself again. So really just do that simple stuff, but give yourself a lot of permission to listen and allow yourself to do it and then celebrate, mm -hmm. right? That's what you said. Like, make sure you celebrate it with somebody. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Celebrate yes. people. Celebrate. celebrate. That's how we get the dopamine kit. That's, That's how we get right. the dopamine kick to yeah. re reprocess everything and make That's us right. want to exactly. do it again. And then helps reduce our pain overall. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be listening in all this crazy pain. Stop surviving. Let's thrive, people. Let's yes. Play. Have fun. Love it. And let's play. Well, thank you well, guys, you ladies, so much for all of this amazing work that you two are doing. I really appreciate um, being invited on here. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, we have loved having you, and this has been amazing and, and so exciting, and I'm jealous that Chelsea still gets to keep hanging out with you so often yeah. with coaching. Um, <laughs> with that being said, where can people find you if they want to learn more from you or ask questions, yeah. things like that? Yeah, so my website is um, uh, www.ewmotion.com. So it's for Evolving with Motion com. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. I'm very active on that um, mm-hmm. at Evolving with Motion um, is where you can find me. And always feel free to email me at lisa at ewmotion.com. And um, yeah, I'd love to just chat with whomever, wherever you're at, whatever you have questions about, and really helping those busy, busy working moms yes. <laughs> through with pain. Uh, and my big thing is just trying to help them find sustainable self-care and nourishing movement solutions. So, um, but yeah, and helping them. And I'm from a big family who's all together this Easter. So I get it. If you're from a big family and you want to just be able to go out and play with your big family, and not be left behind. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And one final question. Are you treating across straight li- state lines or are you still in Maryland only? I'm in Maryland. I do have a, um, a group program called Fall Back in Love with Motion. It's going to start mm-hmm. on May 4th. And it is a wellness program really to help people get moving again, to help them fall back in love with motion, um, providing with sustainable self-care and nourishing movement solutions to get them started. So really giving them a space to practice um, self-care routine and then also have some really medical, uh, some medical movement along the way. So by the end of the six weeks we're together that they have established their own 10 minute routine that, that feels really nourishing to them. That can include self-care, can include movement. Um, but I'm really excited about that because it's a really nice way to like be able to provide that wellness. Mm-hmm. That's not specific for any pain, just for people who are really looking to adopt some type of self-care uh, mm-hmm. routine in their life um, and set some time for them. That's awesome. And I don't think we give ourselves enough time to practice. So this is a really nice time that we get to practice and see what actually work and what doesn't, um, with the goal of, you know, it's 90 seconds to two minute practicing that you're going to do on your own. You know, this is Mm -hmm. not even the goal is 10 minutes. Like people think they have to start with 10. No, you can actually start way, way lower. (laughs) You can start Mm -hmm. with a minute. Okay. That's incredible. So, giving, giving ourselves this time to practice it. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about that program for my Yeah. Awesome. We'll link that in the show notes. Yes. Thanks. Sure. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. And that's all my website too, um, you know, for fall back in love with motion. But yeah, it's a wonderful. Nice. Uh, I'm so excited for this group. Nice. Yeah. And anybody inside of Maryland or out of Maryland. Yeah. Is that one, to join. That's a group, a virtual group. Um, yep, wellness so anybody program. can go. Yep. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much for coming today, Lisa. This has been absolutely incredible. Anybody who's listening out there, maybe you're not a busy mom. Maybe you're a busy woman. Maybe you're a busy man. Maybe you're a busy transgender person. But all of this information is massively beneficial for all humans who are looking to find their best life, thrive in life, stop just surviving, and use boundaries to help reduce your stress and find ways to find easy, easy options for getting movement in, getting yourself feel better. This can help everybody. So please listen, please share it with the loved ones in your life. Let's start helping get everybody elevated in our health and wellness and start really making a beautiful, healthy community. Thank you again, Lisa. And I hope everybody has a wonderful day. thanks for sticking around for another enlightening conversation we are so grateful for your support and participation in this journey and i can't even begin to tell you what it means to me and all of us to bring this little ray of light into your lives and how special it is that you took the time out of your day to join us in exploring the beauty and living harmoniously with your highest self and using your own innate gifts to bring healing and hope to others. I hope that Lisa's joyful and heart-centered approach gives you that little spark in your heart that takes you back to your inner child, that makes you wanna lay in the sun with your little ones, that makes you let go of any inhibitions and busy restricting stories of self-doubt that swim in your mind. 
so that you can live a life that is absolutely exploding with joy. You are deserving of care, freedom, healing. You do so much for the special little beings in your life. It's time to put yourself on the list. Remember to check out the show notes below for more information about how you can get in touch with Lisa, Allison, and Chelsea, and how you can become a part of a group of soothsayers, wonder workers, healers, and creatives embracing our power and living in our truth. Until next time, this has been The Healing Art of Being You. Wishing you love and light. <laughs>